0: Today on Locked On Mariners, we follow the day-to-day working life of Los Angeles police detectives Sergeant Joe Friday and Officer Bill Gannon.
1: (laughs) Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Here's your host... D.C. London Mailbag Day, gang. As of only a couple of days ago, I didn't have very many emails. And then that number doubled. So we've got to move fast today on Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or T L O P N. Or hit it, Jason. TLOPIN! You bet. Please remember to download and follow this program using whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on TLOPIN. It is the penultimate, uh, my penultimate episode of Locked On Mariners. The show is continuing, but I am not. We've got uh, Jason Hernandez and John Miller on the show today to answer emails. Why did I do it like that, Jason? How are you doing really. today? But I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, better than you, maybe right now.
2: Maybe um, I will just, I will just say it has been a pleasure being on this podcast several times. We'll miss you on Locked On Mariners, but hey, did a good job, and you
0: or at least part of Locked on Mariners on what is a not-so-disappointing season. That is true. It's a very surprising season in a very good way. We're actually going to get to that in a little bit as addressed in one of the emails. Also with us today, making his final appearance on the show, Locked on Mariners contributor, John Miller. John, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Also with us for his final time reading the emails for us, my personal secretary, Clive Braithwaite IV. Clive, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing very well. I know time is of the essence today, so let's get started. Let's begin with a question addressed to me. It's from our old friend John in Fife, and he writes, Clive, what are your plans after your tenure on on Mariners? I thoroughly appreciate the hard work you put in. Thank you very much John. As for my immediate plans, I am admittedly in a very advantageous position. I have a lot of money put away, so I do not need to work. So I plan on relaxing for another couple weeks, then moving. I have a goal to have lived in all 50 states, or at least as many as I can while I'm still relatively young. I haven't been staying in any one location for too awfully long to try to get to as many as possible, but the virus disrupted my plans, and I've been in Wyoming for almost two years. Don't get me wrong, I love Wyoming, but I still want to move on to try to complete my goal. I live in Cody, so I'm probably just going to go north into Montana next, then into Idaho, or vice versa. D.C. You received a handful of well wishes as well, but no one asked about our announcer, Joey Martin.
0: Yeah, that's right. Nobody did ask about uh, Joey Martin. I feel kind of bad for that. He is a voice actor, so if anybody out there wants to hire him, uh, get in touch with with me somehow. I'm not sure how you're going to do that, because the email address I'm not going to control after tomorrow. Uh, We'll figure something out, though. Clive, let's move on to the next one.
3: Two different people wrote in about the Kendall Graveman trade. But also had other comments. Henry Lind writes Hi, my name is Henry Lind. To start off, what is your favorite flower? Now for the real stuff why did the EMS trade Graveman if they want to contend? And what are your thoughts on the realistic odds on us actually reaching the postseason this year? I need as much hope as possible, because it has been a long time since we've made, as I'm sure you know. Other than the Mariners, my team is Minnesota, and this is not the year, so Seattle has all of my attention this season. Maybe you could do a show with Nash Walker? Well, thanks anyway. And go Mariners.
0: Well, beyond tomorrow, I'm not going to be doing this at all anymore. So, in terms of doing a show with uh, Nash Walker, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I'll ask him though. Maybe he'll want me on Locked On Twins next time the Mariners and Twins uh, play each other. My favorite flower. That is something that Jason Burke uh, suggested that the email uh, that the listeners email in. So, Mr. Burke, thank you for that. Uh, I like sunflowers, I guess, and uh, lilacs. I do live in the Lilac City. And as for the rest of the email concerning the Graveman trade, uh, I got another question about that, and I will have Clive read the next email, and they'll kind of answer both questions at the same time. Uh, So Clive, hit it.
3: Professional sports fan J.J. Barnes also chimed in. Hi DC, J.J. Barnes here. I just wanted to say farewell and thank you for all the time you have put in to give us fans' content. I don't always agree with your takes, but I appreciate them. On that note, I was surprised to hear your take on the Graveman trade. You have been vocal about how you don't think the Mariners are a playoff team this year. Yet you don't see the value of getting a young prospect under contract for 5 years, or for 20 more innings of Graveman on a pitch count for a team that won't make the playoffs. Can you clarify for us?
0: Thank you very much, J.J. and Henry as well. To address one of the questions in the first email, why the Mariners traded Kendall Graven, J.J. is right. He's only under contract through the rest of the year, so you may as well get a prospect in return for him because his future with the Mariners is not guaranteed. That part makes total sense. That said, I am not thrilled with the return because I don't think Abraham Toro fits the profile of the type of hitter that I think the Mariners need. Yes, Mr. Toro is a prospect, but he's 24 and he's already been given three opportunities at the big league level in which he's done basically nothing. That Sure, that could improve, but the Mariners already have several players who fit his offensive profile at least how he is now they don't need another guy who's going to go out there and hit 220 or 230 with decent on-base and decent slugging they have that already they need somebody who's going to go out there and hit 270 280 or better consistently collect base hits they need a contact hitter they got a bunch of players with good on-base skills but they don't have a whole lot of people who can consistently collect base hits to keep these rallies going and I think that's why so many of their score opportunities fall by the wayside so it's not the fact that they traded graveman that makes me upset it's the fact that i don't think they went after the right type of player and as for the mariners not being a playoff team i I said on tuesday i think that my mind at least began to change after Monday night's game. If they can come back against the Astros like that, then they might be able to come back against anybody. And the other part of the trade that was unfortunate is the timing of it. I know that they have to make the trade when they feel when they can, but it was it was still unfortunate. The Mariners had just won 3 of 4 against Oakland, had just come from way behind in that emotional victory against Houston, both of them very good teams they're on a hot streak and they had to feel like that they had a legitimate shot at a postseason berth but then management sends the complete opposite message by trading away the anchor of the pitching staff and somebody who was popular in the clubhouse as well and I do think that they had a real shot to sign Graveman over the offseason if the price would have been right that obviously remained to be seen but again trading Graveman just the fact that they traded graveman is not what made me you know upset it was the return they needed to get somebody who could help not only in the future but now as well rather than someone who still needs to de- who still needed to develop as well as a different type of Of hitter profile, John. I know we talked about this off air. What are your thoughts?
4: I pretty much agree with you, and this is would be my mentality all along. If I'm going to be managing a general managing a team, is you have to have contact people are not going to get on base you cannot depend on 80 to 100 walks a year and that even being productive after they get on first base
0: right i mean once people get on base they need somebody to drive them in and really ty france is the only player who's who's done that on a fairly consistent basis kyle Seeger is either an extra base hit or a strikeout or a ground out and i don't know why they insist on hitting him third and fourth jason what are your thoughts if you have any I will
2: say it's good that at least the Mariners got something out of him because, as you mentioned, this is the final year of his contract. So the reasoning is the Mariners needed to re-sign him anyway, and we didn't know if he was going to even come back to Seattle. If he was going to have a good season, maybe he'll go elsewhere. As far as them being a playoff team, they're still two games back of the wild card despite a pretty decent 55-48 and record as of this recording. So when you think about asset management, the Mariners are at least getting something back for Graveman even if he's not going to come back are they the best pieces probably not but you want to get as much as you can back to possibly flip them later there's always that possibility yep. so as and I mentioned that last trade, night
0: Toro may be headed somewhere else for you know maybe Whit Merrifield maybe even Trey Turner who knows that Mariners have been linked to both players and if it was Trey Turner then it would absolutely be worth it but I'm not sure Merrifield just because of the aid situation go ahead J.D. Right so I was going to say as far as that's concerned at least get something back and flip and flip him
2: the Mariners are still I can't believe I'm saying this in a playoff race they're in a playoff chase right now with Tampa Bay and Oakland and to a lesser extent Houston even though they're eight games up as of right now, Mm -hmm. they still need to make some kind of push because when was the last time Seattle
0: made the playoffs? Oh, it's been since we were kids. That's how (laughs) long it's been. Yeah, I mean, and and to answer the uh, part of Henry's question, the odds on the Mariners making the playoffs, I don't know if I could really place solid odds on it. They did win three out of four from Oakland, who is a good Team and that's with who they're fighting with for the for the wild card, the second wild card I believe. I mm-hmm. think they do have a legitimate shot. My after last weekend, my mind has changed. I think they could do it. And Jerry DePoto is now trying to walk that fine line between continuing to develop the future team and also making a push for this season. And that's not easy to do. Uh JJ and Henry, thank you both very much. I hope I answered your questions. We're gonna move on to the trivia corner at this time. We've got a hall pass. Final Hall Pass in Locked On Mariners history. This gentleman played uh, 23 years in the major leagues as a third baseman in the 1950s, 1960s, and 1970s. He has a career slash line of 267, 322, 401. He has 2,848 hits. 268 home runs, 282 doubles, 1,357 runs batted in, and he he did win an RBI crown one year. He was also an 18-time All-Star, but he played during the brief period of time in which there were two All-Star games per season. And he made two per season three times, so six All-Star teams in three years. He also has an MVP award and received MVP votes in 12 other seasons, including one second-place finish, two third-place finishes, one fourth-place finish. He's also a 16-time Gold Glove Award winner. Here are those Hall of Fame credentials in the mind of you out there in podcast land? I'll tell you who it is after this word from Rock Otto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterperson uh, orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand that the warehouse carries? You've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and right in your very own pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store or dealer? Dealership. Rock Auto is a family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto uh, prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Have you got a 74 brick line? They've got parts for it. Go to rockauto.com right at this exact moment to see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover. Right Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know for an undisputed fact we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today's Hall Pass subject, yes or no on his Hall of Fame candidacy. I'll go to my guests first and I'll start with John Miller. I
4: would definitely put this guy in the Hall of Fame and unfortunately you gave it away
0: <laughs> so he's a definite Hall of Famer and I gave it away Jason do you also know who it is and yes or no oh I know who it is and
2: he's absolutely deserving of the Hall of Fame he mentioned the 16 gold gloves it's a slam dunk for me I know who this is by far one of my favorite players of all time and one of the best statues
0: of all time
2: <laughs> I
0: will. can give... I explain this I'll, I'll let you explain it after I give John Miller the honor of revealing who it is
4: It is none other than Brooks Robinson.
0: Yes, sir. I thought the low batting average might put a question in some people's minds, but obviously the 16 gold gloves at third base, that is obviously Brooks Robinson, great RBI man as well. And Jason, what uh, what would you like to say? Yeah, I have a lot to say about this. So Brooks Robinson, one of the best defensive players
2: in history, one of only, I think, two or three players that have won as many gold gloves, if not more. In fact, on my ballpark tour a few years back, one of the best statues in Major League Baseball is outside Oriole Park at Mm. Camden Yards. It is a Brooks Robinson statue where the glove on his hand is covered in gold. So the rest of the statue is in bronze, except for the glove, which is in gold. And it's in big, bold letters out there that he won 16 gold gloves. If you haven't seen the statue, look it up on Wikipedia. Look it up on Google. Look up
0: Brooks Robinson statue. It is a thing of beauty. Highly recommend it. I would love to see that one day. As longtime listeners of this uh, show know, I grew up an Orioles fan because of Cal Ripken Jr. Still want to make it to Oriole Park at Camden Yards one of these days. Have, have not had the opportunity to do that as of yet, but uh, we've got to move on because we've got a lot more emails to get to. Coming up, more of your listener emails, including questions about herbal tea, cattle ranching, and doors. Not the doors, just Doors.
1: Now back to Locked
0: On Mariners. Here once again is your host, DC Lundberg. Thank you very much, JM. We are back. It's been uh, way longer than any of you may realize. We've had some pretty bad technical problems to deal with. um, And it's not been fun, but we are finally back here with Jason Hernandez, John Miller, and yes, indeed, and Clive Braithwaite IV. Speaking of Mr. Braithwaite, let's get to our next email, which he will read to us now.
3: Ryan checks in with the following. Hey, just wanted to say goodbye and good luck with your future endeavors. I have been a fan of the show for a little over a year, and will definitely miss hearing it. My question is, what is your favorite recent Mariners moment within the last decade or so? Good luck with school.
0: Oh, thank you very much, Ryan, for those kind words. I I appreciate that. You'll still be able to listen to the show. I, I won't be on it anymore, but the show is going to continue. The favorite Mariner moment from the past decade or so, I mean, Felix Hernandez's perfect game certainly has to be at or near the top of the list. The two Hall of Fame inductions have to be at or near the top of the list. My personal favorite memory, though, I think is probably seeing Ken Griffey Jr.'s number retired after he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I was at the game, John Miller was at the game, as was um, his wife and uh, my best friend, Shannon, And that's some of the best fun I've ever had at a Mariner's game. Sean O'Malley's heroics late in the game. But during the ceremony, as he was walking out from center field to the infield for the ceremony on the red carpet, and also as his number was being uh, retired after they lifted the veil on it, I got emotional and I started crying. Yes, I will admit that on the air. I was crying at Safeco Field. Uh, John, you were a lifelong Mariners fan, whereas I came in when I was about 10 years old. What is your favorite memory of recent vintage from the past decade or so?
4: My favorite memory would be sitting on the grass at Clark Sports Center there in Cooperstown, New York, with you and my wife watching Griffey get inducted into the National Baseball Hall
0: of Fame. Absolutely. I mean that's a once in a lifetime once in a lifetime experience to go see the first mariner inducted into the National Hall of Fame. That's something I'm going to treasure for the rest of my life and uh, you obviously as well as a lifelong mariners fan and a, and as a lifelong baseball fan. Mike Piazza's speech before Griffey's was also quite moving, John, wasn't it? Very much so. Absolutely. We're going to go from a Mariners and Dodger fan to a Dodger fan who I know has some thoughts on some Mariner moments of the last 10 years. Spill it, JD. One you might not expect
2: me to say is my favorite Mariner moment was with you eating grasshoppers at Safeco <laughs> Field. <laughs> uh, yep. As mm-hmm. as the as the home crowd may or may not be aware, DC and I uh, hosted a baseball podcast once upon a time. Yep. And We had a little bet going on. He had some grasshoppers. He ate them. I ate them. There's video of it. I might put
0: that online somewhere. Who knows? I I still could do that, right? I think you should. I think you should because I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I'm not going to post it. But you could post it to the Locked on Ducks account or your personal account and say, hey, I was on DC Lundberg's penultimate episode of Locked on Mariners, and here's him making a fool of himself. Honestly, I think that would be great. I think you should do it. (laughs) So that notwithstanding,
2: uh, my favorite Mariners moment had to have been Felix Hernandez's perfect game. Obviously, I'm a Hernandez. Felix Hernandez, there's the connection there for what it's worth. But that was a masterful performance and one that I was glued to the TV for as it was happening. I remember putting myself to sit and actually watch this. Not only was it masterful, he got behind on the count a few times, had a few three-ball counts and he had to be perfect. That was a one nothing game. Fans forget. Tampa Bay was a good team that year. They were in the yep. wild card hunt. Being one nothing and having him be perfect in that moment, Jaso doing the good job calling the game, everything about that was perfect. I think that should be the best moment in the past 10 years and probably the best regular season moment of
0: all time for the Mariners. You know what, I would tend to agree with you just off the top of my head. It is certainly the best pitching performance in Mariners history. You remember Randy Johnson's no-hitter, the first one in team history 1990. He walked seven or eight hitters. Um, Chris Bazio's no hitter certainly had the the barehanded play by um, Omar Vizquel as the final out, but Felix Hernandez absolutely dominated the Tampa Bay Rays, a great team. And you're right, what gets lost in it is John Jayso called a terrific game, and it was such a close game that that might have spurred Felix Hernandez on just a little bit, not only to get the perfecto, but just to keep it close to get the W. And sometimes that can be very, very important.
2: Thank yep, you. It's forgotten.
0: To- it's forgotten in Mariners. History for some reason <laughs> it is and it, and it should not be. We're going to move on to our next email because we still have quite a bit to go. Clive, lay it on us.
3: Louis Olinick from Beaverton, Oregon, and Juana Mexico, checks in with a rather long message. He asks two different questions, and I'll read the first one and read the other once you've finished answering the first. H hey, dc I figured I'd better get these last couple of questions in before you say your final farewell to the show. 1. Would you ever alter or lighten your stance on acceptable forms of in-game celebration if you thought the future of the game depended on it? As an avid follower of many sports over three and a half decades of life, I feel modern-day baseball fails to captivate the younger generations of both players and viewers in large part because of the unwritten rules tied to it. While I would hope to never lose the nostalgia, reverence, history, and intellect that baseball enjoys in a way that other major North American sports never could, I feel that such heavy scrutiny over what is and isn't politically correct within the game is unsustainable amid a professional sports landscape moving increasingly toward a let the kids play, approach to celebration. While I wouldn't expect to change your stance on this issue, I do feel as though many celebrations you might consider disrespectful to the opponent are simply more animated forms of expression than baseball is accustomed to which add much-needed excitement to the most slow-paced and deliberate of the major team sports.
0: Thank you very much, Lewis, for writing in. Again, we'll get to your second question later, which is much more lighthearted and one that I actually very much appreciate. John, you Oh, sorry. Can I just say, I love Lewis
2: on this podcast. He's emailed me a couple times on Locked on Ducks. Oh, good. I love this question, and yeah, I'll talk about that in a second.
0: I was just going to say that John and I have discussed this on the air before, and because we're going to run over time, John, please forgive me for omitting you from this. I know your opinions are pretty similar to mine in this regard. But, Jason, before I toss to you, I want to say one thing. The key sentence in that question for me was if I thought the future of the game depended on it. And while the future of the game might not have the most rosy outlook, it's not because of this. It's because the slow-plotting nature of the game, which has become even more slow and plodding just over the last few years with pitchers taking more and more time and hitters taking more and more time between pitches. Jason, go ahead and say your piece, please. I won't get on that soapbox today. First off, we've already done uh, that.
2: (laughs) DC, can I I borrow this question for my podcast or at least paraphrase it somewhat? Because this is brilliant. I could tell that Lewis has heard my podcast once or twice because I see the email and I love the
0: quotation, let the kids play. But they're not I kids, have... though, is the thing. They're grown adults. They're professionals. They're not kids. I know, but, but I, I may have used that
2: phrase once or 200 times in my podcast.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> but that notwithstanding,
2: I, I do like this question. Do I think if baseball depended on it? I think this is where you and I differ a little bit. I'm okay with a little bit of not so much showboating, mm-hmm. but admiring a good home run. Sometimes you need that to happen and you could give an example or you could say argumentatively that Mariner's home run was a very important home run on Monday. I wanted him to just give that a look a little bit more, but I understood why he ran to first base because he was running with excitement. Mm-hmm. That I completely get. That works. As far as another home run that we saw fairly recently, let's take a look back at San Diego just a few weeks ago. Daniel Camarena. A relief pitcher with the bases loaded, who, by the way, was pinch hitting, hit a grand slam off of Max Scherzer, who, by the way, could be going to the Padres. Hey, hey, there's a connection there. But having Camarena hit a grand slam off Max Scherzer, a reliever, that was his first grand slam, not only in Major League Baseball, that was his first ever, ever grand slam. Going back to high school, Little League, never done it before. Yeah, he looked at it. Yeah, he admired it. That was a case where I was okay with it and I would like just a little bit more emotion in our game. So I I know you and I disagree with that, but that's where I stand on this. So maybe, maybe Lewis can and I can get you to kind of crack
0: a little bit on this little by little, maybe. I'm no? okay. I'm okay with genuine emotion, but I'm not okay with the showboating. And, okay. I mean, and let's talk about Dylan Moore's home run a little bit. I mean, look at what happened in the dugout after that home run. I Ooh. thought that was great because they were celebrating. Shedlong Junior was going nuts. He was so happy. but it As was well ge- he should. As well he should, but it was genuine joy and they were not showing up the other team. That's what I have a problem with, the sportsmanship aspect of it. Go ahead and show the joy that you have for the game. We need that, but do it in a respectful way, which the Mariners on Monday 100% nailed. Mm-hmm. So maybe you'll lighten your stance maybe 1% maybe? maybe? My, st- my stance has not changed. My stance has okay. not changed. This is not going to change. Don't disrespect the other team. That is all I ask. For example, when Jared Keldick made that great catch on Tuesday night and then threw the guy out, the fist pump and the yeah, that is fine. That's genuine emotion on the spur of the moment. But when their line is crossed, I think, when you stand in the batter's box and admire your handiwork, which I've seen a couple times this year, not only from the Mariners or a couple of Cincinnati Reds dancing behind home plate, that I do not like.
4: Alright, alright. Uh, okay,
0: fine. John, go ahead.
4: I, yeah, I think what you gentlemen have been getting at is, and DC, I think you said it very well, the idea, the difference between celebrating, yeah. uh, and we could look at Dylan Moore, or you could look at Joe Carter, and we've talked about this, Kirk Gibson, yep. anything like that. They're celebrating, but not showboating, not standing there, not gloating in any way. And the other team understands because they've had similar experiences of joy on the field versus just showing up. Or as as much as we like Mac, Max Muncie saying "get the ball out of the ocean" or whatever. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I I love that Max Muncie moment. I love the "get the ball out of the ocean." Yes, I know some fans hated it, but at the time that was an important home run. That was a catalyst for the Dodgers that season. So. Maybe if
0: it spurs on your team a little bit, I'm more okay with that. But I mean, I still have a problem directing any comments of that sort to the other team, no matter who it is. That, I mean, that Again, that's where I draw the line, directing anything at the other team. Genuine sh- displays of emotion. I'm all for them, and I think that they should be a part of the game. And you can do that without without disrespecting the other team. But now we're going to start to repeat ourselves if we go on. Yeah. So, so Lu-
2: Lewis, if you're listening, I might recycle your question for my podcast because there's some connections between
0: hockey showing off and baseball showing off. So can I, can I recycle this, DC? Because I love well, this. Only if I can appear on that episode to state my case. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can use it. You can use it if you want to. Of course. Awesome. Of, of yeah. course use it. All Woo. right. Clive, what is uh, Mr. Olenek's second question?
3: Lewis's other question reads as follows. With all the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers related guests you have hinted at during your time hosting the show, is it safe to assume you were as big a fan of the original series as I was? Aside from Kimberly being your first TV crush as she was for me and many others, who was your favorite Ranger in general? Were you more Team Jason or Team Tommy, and was the latter cooler as the Green Ranger or as the White? Many thanks for the hours of great content you have provided to this fan base. I can't imagine a better host for a Seattle Mariners-themed podcast. You will be sorely missed. Best of luck in your future endeavors, maybe we can catch a game together someday at the ballpark formerly known as Safeco Field.
0: Thank you, Mr. Olenek, for those very kind words. I I do appreciate it. Uh, As for the Power Rangers stuff, uh, yeah, I was a huge fan when I was nine years old when it first came out, and I may or may not have just purchased the box set of that series. I kind of feel like you guys can tell which TV show I'm binge-watching at any given time based on the phony guests at the end of the show. I, I went through a stretch, I think, where most of the guests were from WKRP in Cincinnati, and if I can't think of anybody I'll just look at my DVD collection and I'll say all right I haven't used anybody from Perfect Strangers in a while or something like that but yeah I was a huge fan of Power Rangers uh, back in the day Amy Jo Johnson was my first TV crush yes I admitted that on the air and I'm kind of embarrassed that I did quite honestly but as for the Jason versus Tommy thing I I liked them both but I was definitely more team Tommy so to speak As a matter of fact, when I started watching the show, I decided, you know what, I'm going to have long hair because Tommy has long hair. And I I still have long hair, but for much different reasons. I've just seen one Dokken video too many, I think. But uh, I liked Tommy. I liked Jason, too. And I liked Tommy as the Green Ranger uh, just because I, even at that young age, I didn't like change. And, of course, I didn't realize why they needed to change. That They had just simply run out of footage for the Green Ranger, and they needed to find some other way to get Jason David Frank back on the show. I'm starting to ramble. Uh, gentlemen, were either of you fans of the Power Rangers when they came out? <laughs> team, I'm team Jason all the way. <laughs> you know, give give me the Red
2: Ranger, give me the Tyrannosaurus Rex all day long, but also got to give props to Billy. For being the scientist in that group and the brains behind the like, group. I liked Billy too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Give me give me the blue triceratops all day. But definitely team Jason on my end. I mean, hello, my name is Jason. Come on. Oh. Come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. And John, you were you were not a fan? No,
4: I never really watched it.
0: That is quite all right. Uh, We're going to move on, and this is ordinarily the part of the show where I ask you for questions and comments, but this was the last mailbag episode, so it would be kind of pointless to do that. Just direct him (laughs) to me. Say that again? Yeah, just direct him to Jason. Just direct him to Jason. Coming up, we complete our final dive into the fan mailbag, and hopefully it doesn't spill into tomorrow. But before we do that, this word from Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The script still says baseball season is in full swing. It's been in full swing ladies and gentlemen. Please rewrite that. We're at the trading deadline, but you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs including Major League Baseball, the NBA which I think has been done for over a week, the NHL mm-hmm. they're already in free agency and yeah. all your US Uf- and all your Uf- C slash MMA Yes, JD, you're having a hell of a good time with NHL free agency, yes? Oh, yay. You bet. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their ones to the playoffs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts promo code locked on. Please gamble responsibly. <laughs> Yes, indeed. And now the next commercial.
1: Welcome back to Locked On Mariners.
0: Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, J.M. The final segment of the penultimate episode of my tenure here on Locked On Mariners is about to commence. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, sorry that this show is as late as it is. Technical problems aplenty prevented me uh, from getting this out in a reasonable amount of time. We're here with Jason Hernandez, John Miller, and, and Clive Braithwaite IV. Speaking of Mr. Braithwaite, he will deliver our next message.
3: Bridget writes, listening to Jason Burke fill in today, he did a great job, BTW, I like him a lot, he was talking about Logan Gilbert's pitch usage, how they differed with each of his starts against the A's and how he will need to adjust next time. Interesting. That got me wondering about Marco Gonzalez the A's were hitting him a bit and running his pitch count up a lot for the first couple of innings on Sunday then the M's made some changes. Scott said it was plan B, but I'm not sure he went into detail. Do you know how they specifically changed his pitching and how that threw off the A's? Thanks, and go Mariners.
0: Oh, well, you're very welcome, Bridget. Thank you uh, for writing in. Unfortunately, you're not going to like my answer very much. I'm glad that you enjoyed Jason on the show. He did do a very good job. The reason he was hosting Friday and Monday is because I had friends in town, including Locked On Mariners contributor John Miller and his wife and his sister-in-law, so I knew that we weren't going to be paying a whole lot of attention to the weekend series against the A's. In fact, this is the game we probably saw the least of and I don't know what Scott Service was talking about when he was talking about plan B I don't have access to the Mariners or anybody associated with Major League Baseball to be able to ask I did ask Jason Burke and he didn't know either so this is just one of those questions where I have to say I'm sorry but I just don't know Bridget I do apologize but thank you for writing in John I know you don't have an answer either because you were with me neither of us were watching the game Jason, Jason I'm guessing you also don't know I watched some of the game, and even I don't know what the plan B was. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I mean, sometimes, but... sometimes I don't even
2: know what Scott Service is talking about in his post-game pressers. I don't think he <laughs> does.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you meant that.
0: Yeah. And I, I did it. Yeah. I mean, as much as we've complained to each other about Scott Service on the air and off, the one thing that I like about him, which he displayed in Wednesday Afternoon's game, is his willingness to go and jaw with umpires to protect his team. And that's an admirable quality because the players know that he has their backs. And a a team's going to go out and fight for a manager like that. And I think he's gotten better at that over the years. He's gotten a little bit more fire and maybe not passion behind him, but he's more outward with it now. Whereas when he first started his postgame press conferences, you couldn't tell whether or not he was talking about a nine to one loss, a nine to one win, or a nail biting two to one game in either direction. It was all the same. But he seems to be a very good motivator for the reasons that we just stated. He still doesn't handle a pitching staff particularly well, but no modern manager does. Uh, we have one final email, Clive. Please read it to us.
3: It's only appropriate that we end the final mailbag episode with a message from Aidan Soames in East Hampton, Connecticut. He wrote in for 20 mailbag segments in succession, by far more than any other listener. The final email reads thusly. Thank you for hosting this podcast for over a year. You have kept me and other Mariners fans informed and entertained through thick and thin. With all the new information I have learned about the Mariners, I noticed how the team is connected to New England more than I thought. For example, the Yard Goats pitching coach is the father of Marco Gonzalez. Anyway, my final question is also the first question I asked you back on August the 8, 2020. In the future, who do you think will be better, Julio Rodriguez or Jared Kelnick? Thank you again DC.
0: Well, wow, that's a tough question to go out on. Thank you for writing not only this time, but as often as you did, Mr. Sones. it was a pleasure reading your emails on the show. As for who's going to be better, Mr. Rodriguez or Mr. Kelnick, obviously I've had more of a chance to see Mr. Kelnick play than Mr. Rodriguez. I really like Kelnick's approach at the plate. He keyholes, he's very discerning, and the adjustments that he was talking about, the minute adjustments that have huge impact, like he was talking about after Tuesday's game, if he is smart enough and aware enough to be able to know to make those adjustments, I think he's got a very bright future, but I think Julio Rodriguez also has a very bright future, although I don't know if Julio Rodriguez is going to profile out to be a center fielder, and Jared Kelnick has displayed that he can play a really good, center field. So maybe the overall package, Kelnick might be better, and he can run better than Rodriguez can too. So I'll say Mr. Kelnick. John, I know it's a coin toss. Do you want to say one way or the other? I do not. Fair enough. Jason? Uh, The compact
2: swing adjustment that he's made has, or Kelnick, has really helped him I think progress a little bit better than Rodriguez. It's close because mm-hmm. I like both those players. And that's a good question to go out on. It is. It, I, gonna... I like both players too, but just the
0: overall package for me, I think Kelnick might be a little better. Same here. I think I'm going to go Kelnick by a hair, but man, they're close. They're cl- and they're both going to be really good. I can't wait to see them in the same outfield. That is going to be fun. Ah, well, we are finally done way later than I would have hoped I have never had a show go so poorly in terms of technical problems before Jason, John, and Clive, thanks for hanging in there with me, and Clive, thank you for reading the emails, not only today but for the past several months as well
3: It was my pleasure, sir Good luck at Whitworth and with all your future endeavors
0: Thank you very much. Mr. Hernandez where can the people find you here on Tlopin and also on the socials? They can find me on the Locked On Podcast Network, hosting
2: Locked On Anaheim Ducks. It is a show not about Duck Hunt. It is not about the Quad City Mallards, but it is, in fact, about the Anaheim Ducks. And I also cover the San Diego Goals. It's a hockey podcast where I talk all things hockey, for the most part. Maybe I'll do some baseball talk once in a while. Who knows? I also do some trivia Mm -hmm. on the socials. You can find me on Twitter, at StimpyJJD. And the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And I guess since you're no longer taking questions, if they want to ask me some questions, there they can go. do so at ducks at gmail.com. I mean, I have hosted a baseball podcast before. I do know my stuff. Mm-hmm. So, hey, if you want some questions that are hockey related or anything, toss them my way. Your Your mailbag is closed for now, but mine is always open. So
0: have at it. Bring your worst. <laughs> I'm Next, having too much fun with this. You're having too much fun. I don't know if there is such a thing as too much fun on the second to last episode of a series. Anything goes, Jason. Thank you for appearing not only today but throughout the shows. A one and a half year. Well, it has been my one and a half year tenure on the show? The show's been around longer than that. It was always great to have you on the show. He does know his baseball, ladies and gentlemen, and obviously his hockey as well. And when you talk baseball on Locked On Ducks, I'd be uh, I'd be very happy to join you. If you would have me, Mr. Miller, where can people find you on the socials?
4: I can be found on Twitter and the Spotify Green Room at SeattlePilot69.
2: And I'm also on the Spotify Green Room. Sorry, I'm also on the Spotify Green Room at
0: Locked On Ducks, and I'll still be showing up there. Yes, indeed, John. Thank you very much for appearing as well throughout uh, this show's history. Always a pleasure having you on, as well as Jason Hernandez. That's it for today, gang. we got one more of these to go before I fade off into the sunset. Joining me tomorrow will be Henry Warnemont, Boober Fraggle, and a curling stone. Also, we've assembled an all-star band for my final show, featuring Janice Joplin, Stevie Ray Vaughan, John Entwistle, Greg Allman, and John Bonham. What a finale, ladies and gentlemen. You will not want to miss that. So download and follow Locked On Mariners. Look for us in any podcasting app you can think of. Leave a rating and review of that podcasting app of choice so allows. And remember to check out the other great shows here on the Locked On Network, including Locked On Cardinals, which offers the latest news coming out of the Vatican, Locked On Chargers, which offers tips on how to manage your credit card debt, and, of course, Anaheim Ducks, our great hunting and fishing show. I'm D.C. Lundberg. I'll be with you tomorrow for one final time in the interim. Have a great afternoon. Get all the sports news you
1: need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is Joey Martin for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network. In the over nine years that I have been podcasting, I have never had a show where there were so many problems. I'm not going to bore you and tell you everything that went awry, but if it could go wrong, it did, including having to re-record about half of the program. And it had to happen on one of my school nights. The Mariners did make another trade after this program was recorded, and Trey Turner is reportedly off the market as well. He is uh, reportedly headed to the Dodgers along with Max Scherzer. I will be talking about the Mariners' trade on tomorrow's program. Until then, have a great night.